Patrick Vieira, club legend, and shove it up your arsenal, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Mars Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Chuck Bailey, your, your favourite. Uh, thank you very much for all the plaudits. And with me, as ever, is the man from the Midlands, um, owner of, I believe, upwards of three different cheeses. Uh, any one time, any one time. Yeah. Super producer, Mr. Ian Stimson. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, completely uh, did that bit off the top of my head. Um, yeah, that's okay. good, isn't it? Um, how the devil are you, sir? Felt so written and polished. Uh, yeah, some of the cheeses are blue sometimes. A bit of blue. Well, this is it. Not intentionally. <laughs> no, it's just been left in there a long time and my fridge is broken. Um, yeah, not too bad. A uh, li- little bit tired. Uh, you know, the, the, the work cycle, you know, drags you down, doesn't it? But, you know, we've got football back. So that's something to be happy about. Yeah, little yeah. column A, little column B. Yeah. Um, you know. yeah, it definitely felt like that after the international break. I think it's hard to know now that we, you know, it's it's rare that we get Oscar with us, um, sadly, at the minute, but we'll, we'll, of course, hear from him later, that a lot of these records now tend to blend into one, so I forget <laughs> what we've talk- spoken about to who. And yeah. I'm really conscious of just whether I'm going to slag off a load of people that are actually listening to the podcast. Sorry, Adam, you prick. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who you're talking to, whether you should be leading with, uh, you know, your FPL team and how well you're doing and that sort of thing. 64 points, yeah, no problem. Um, <laughs> 64 points this week. Yeah, no chips. 23k in the world. Um, but yeah, coming off the back of this international break, feel feel quite, in, ter- in sporting terms, quite nicely refreshed and ready for this next chaotic fucking crazy run that we find ourselves on, right? Yeah, I mean, Liverpool is always given as the the example of this because they've got what eighty bajillion games in in two days or something. Uh, no, I believe it's gone down to seventy bajillion now. Uh, what, what does he moan about? What does he moan about? Honestly, anything, weather, <laughs> length of grass. <laughs> yeah, sure, uh, sure, sure. Um, wind, but you know, it's. It's a bit, it's a bit rough for a lot of it. We've still got, even though we've had double game weeks announced. I'm fully in FPL mode now, obviously. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's a good frame of reference. Yeah, I forgot that. That those have been announced. Today and fixtures got moved, haven't they? Yeah. So there's double game weeks in 36 and 37, but there's still there's still uh, games to be announced because of all the. You forget about the COVID backlog we've we've got mm-hmm. ourselves, you know, and then Burnley have still got. 10 games to play or something haven't they I mean it's yeah it's wild in their, like, in their yeah, march towards 17th <laughs> rampant charge to maybe not getting relegated yeah. yeah they've got they've got 10 games left we, we're recording on what day is it it's Tuesday for us thanks that's how it works oh fucking hell yeah Genuinely, I don't even need that as a bit and as an aside that gets edited out. Just, just gone. Um, we're recording Tuesday, so right now we've got you know there's a couple of Champions League games going on, and uh, Burnley Everton, the proper dog shit derby, is um, is on Thursday. I believe. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's, I think it might be Wednesday, but the, the listener either way, the listener will know what's happened. Come join us in this state of ignorance of this game not happening yet. Um, pretend, pretend you're also on Tuesday. Record Burnley Everton. Listen yeah, to the podcast first, yeah, and, then t- <laughs> and then don't watch it. Do something else with your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's you capture the present of what the thing happens, and then you delete that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, in a way, that's you're buying that time back for yourself. That's a, that's 
that would feel positive, I think. Can I invoice Sky (laughs) as a reduction for for the audacity of putting that on my television? (laughs) I didn't watch this, and you put it on, and I nearly wasted my time. Give me £2 back. 400 people complained, and as we know, each complaint is worth 100 million people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's how Ofcom works and all that, isn't it? This is how Ofcom works. Uh, but anyway, that's enough for that section and no one mentioned fish. Um, but yeah, of course, it, it has been, I mean, an emotional thrill ride of a, of a weekend, plenty of goals, and there's some um, good and bad in terms of the uh, pod parish. Um, Ian, a Peterborough update, dare I? Oh, good Lord. Um, well, so Didn't you draw? <laughs> got Did a draw. draw? Uh, the days when we could draw games, God. Uh, no, we lost 4-0 at home to Middlesbrough. Ooh. And uh, on, a, on a week when Barnsley and Reading were playing each other. So one of them was guaranteed to drop points, you know, good chance. Lovely home game. Oh, no, 4-0. Uh, lovely, fine. Uh, oh, dear. You know, we're playing Luton as we speak. Uh, we're... Oh, the Stimson derby. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Uh, but um... Stimson versus Stimson with Gene Hackman. Oh, Gene Hackman. <laughs> Who's the guy? Richard Gere? No. <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, Kramer versus Kramer. Oh God. Dustin Hoffman. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Did well there, didn't we? And um, the houses. Yeah, I mean Luton are a story in the Championship at the minute. They're absolutely Luton and Not- Nottingham Forest seem to be the thing. But anyway, Peter, I mean we're fucking hammering them on XG at the minute. Go on. Yeah. Nil nil. Um, <laughs> anything, anything, fucking anything. <laughs> it's that thin. It's that fucking desperate. We're nowhere near. You know, we're no, we're nowhere near being able to. I'm sorry, I asked. Compete. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sorry, I had to talk about it. Anyway, speaking of not being able to compete, Chelsea won. <laughs> Brentford four. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Oh, lost. Getting relegated to a bus stop in Hounslow, <laughs> but the XG is a one point nine to two point two. Um, we could put a quick Burnley of the week in there. I don't, do we want to put that? I don't want. To, I don't want to do Brentford the disservice of even a quick Burnley of the week. The only reason I do want to is because of Oscar, so that at least he can try and justify himself in some form of statistical way. At least that it wasn't that bad. Or if he does want to try and protect himself from this by saying the league is over for them anyway, and it doesn't fucking matter where they finish. Well, yeah. Let's listen to what Oscar says because you're you're right. He he's decided that this doesn't matter. I I think. Hey everybody, it's Oscar here with another uh, 30-second one-shot Chelsea Superfast Chelsea Takes thing. Um, so, timer begins. So keep the pace now. up. How long? Uh, so, out. Chelsea hilariously lost to Brentford 4-1. Um, I don't know why they just decided to not defend, but it was pretty hilarious in my opinion. <laughs> um, I'm kind of at the point where nothing really matters what happens in the league. We're 96% for top four. We already failed by not winning. So if we finish third or fourth or whatever, as long as we get the Champions League, that's really all that matters. The only thing I care about now is said Champions League. Come on, boys. Let's beat Real Madrid. And uh, the new ownership, hashtag say no to Ricketts. Also, Aspie got a three-year extension because of a clause in his old contract. It's not new anymore. And there's my time. I'll uh, be seeing everybody around. All right. Bye. Oh, I was beginning to think until the end there. I was going to think we might need to put Kate Bush as a bed under that because <laughs> that was getting bleak. bleak. <laughs> um, yeah, there were there were a few calamitous moments. I mean, it, it started off so well. I say started off, you know, it was a bit later on in the game. But Rudiger with a bloody lovely oh. ping 
Oh, yeah, that is the that is the correct noise because, good lord, that was uh, that was far out, (laughs) and he put it in exactly (laughs) the right place. It it could not have been more perfect, and he clearly meant it. You know, sometimes when it looks like uh, uh, they've just literally swung a leg at it and see see what happened. But having said that, Rudiger is one for a long shot, and he does like it. Not not all of them come off, but. You know that was good. That was good. I'd say I'd say the fact that he's a centre back makes it two better. Um, if we're going to go on a scale, if he'd hit the post <laughs> as well, it probably would have been three better. Um, because you know you have to judge these things by the technical ability of the person. Did it not hit the post? Um, I felt like it. I felt like it did. Davy Freya had had absolutely no chance, um, and it was beautiful. However, um, no one told the Brentford team. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, Vitali Janelt of a, of a similar kind of high quality, unexpected shot. I would say. Um, I don't think. I think it was kind of the outside of his left foot, and just absolutely smashed it past the Chelsea defence. Um, then exactly like Oscar said, I think they were just all at sea for everything. Um, but it was Christian Eriksen getting a goal uh, the yeah. week after I picked him as the FPL differential and backed him in everything that we do, uh, <laughs> the bastard. Um, but that that was nice to see. Absolutely, I yeah. I mean, I, I think we should try and uh, go on the, the Brentford positive rather than the Chelsea negative. Because to be honest, Ch- Chelsea just, it was a little bit odd from them, I thought. There, but they like Oscar says they are maybe checked out on the league. You know, mm. it's the first time I saw Tio, uh, uh, Silver and thought that he looked his age a little bit. Yeah, that um, was very uncharacteristic. I think, especially uh, was it a mistake for the fourth goal? I think right. Yeah, yeah. After the the free kick had come in and Brentford had played it into the middle, and both Rudiger and Thiago Silva went for it. Yeah, and I, it, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And then it just went straight. Um, who was it that came in? I think it was Johan Visser. Who just sprinted in and just fucking cracked I that, it? I mean, there were some <laughs> powerful goals in that game. I think even Ericsson's, although it was close, smashed it into the roof of the net. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely it. And and Brentford have had that kind of thing all season, where Thomas Frank, even when he did get quite spiky um, for that for that brief time, where he was saying, you know, I believe in this team, I believe in the kind of the statistics, because that's. That's his background. That's where he comes from. That's what that club is built on, um, is the kind of statistics model and those kind of bits. Um, and if we look at it, there is there is a tight pack of teams um, in terms of expected goal difference per 90 um, of minus 0.11, minus 0.12 and minus 0.13. And that's Aston Villa, Brentford and Brighton. And I'm kind of thinking with when you compare those three together, with Villa, with the amount of players they've signed and kind of the improvements they've made and perhaps kind of changed the Gerrard a bit too late. Brighton, who've been established for a long time and, as I've said, are kind of at their peak right now, um, gutted. Um, and for Brentford to solidly be in there with them, I mean, on on this stat, which, which kind of is quite a close indicator for how games should, quote-unquote, be... They're above. They're above teams like Everton, Wolves, Leeds, Newcastle, Burnley, Watford, Norwich. Which, as a promoted team, as much as we joke about some of those other teams being absolute shit, it's it's it's, it's good, been a it? fantastic season really for them. Um, they're on thirty three points from thirty one games, um, and, and and I don't think you can really say fairer than that. They're they're in no danger of going down now. They're in the less than one percent club. Yeah. Um, on on your five thirty eights, and if you want some Peterborough positivity, Chuck. That gives us a huge bonus from the Ivan Tony deal. This deal has just kept paying Ooh. 
dividends. So I think I might have mentioned it before, but when Brentford went up from the Championship to the Premier League, yeah. uh, the bonus we got paid all our player bonuses for us getting promoted to League One, uh, from League One to the Championship. Wow. And yeah, I think you have mentioned that before. Every yeah. five, every five appearances. We get another bonus uh, every five goals or something, or, or every couple of goals. I don't know. We get we get a bonus. This this deal just keeps paying dividends, and if they stay up, we get a hefty bonus from it as well. This is going to get close to co- like costing, which Brentford won't mind at all. But like no, uh, no. ten million, and for Peterborough, that's insane money. So you know that's one one good thing that has come out of it that's meant when we inevitably go back to League One, at least we'll have a bit of a money cushion to be able to spend. But, uh, Okay, now all of the Ivan Tony and Brentford love makes a lot more sense to me. <laughs> oh, man. It's literally keeping your club afloat. Yeah, exactly. But you know that's that's smart business. Then that, that's yeah, it really that's the was. kind of thing you you like to see when you're when you are selling those players in in a situation where you know coming out of League One. Um, or uh, no, because Tony went before, didn't he? Sorry, when you were still in League One. Um, yeah, I mean he's his goals. He was like a cheat code in League One, but we still managed to not go up. <laughs> yeah. And we couldn't keep him any longer. It was the season after we uh, sold him that we went up eventually. But yeah, I mean, great, great work by Peterborough's ownership there to get a great deal. But anyway, let's, let's basically, yeah, what, was, what I was originally saying was that I think Brentford positivity should be how we, we lead any talk of, the, of this game. Because like you say, the, the Ericsson thing's a brilliant story. Um, the guy's just... It, it it was it was weird for Brentford to to do this because they do they do things differently they do you know let's say it again moneyball and they they buy little known players mm-hmm. um you mentioned um who was their first goal scorer sorry um yeah now yes i mean like didn't they get him for like half a million quid it would not surprise I me. Think, uh, I think chances from, are Ivan Tony's the most they've ever spent on a player yeah probably yeah it certainly will be <laughs> but yeah, and then so, so that's how they do things. They get youngish players. They they look at the stats. It's, obviously, it was all done from the guy's uh, betting company and the the, mm-hmm. the stats that he had from them. And to get in a big name like Ericsson, they had to take the opportunity. Obviously, but it could have gone wrong. You know, it, it was the it, perfect level of club for that. I think we've yeah. said it before. Like once once Ericsson was medically cleared. There was no reason for any club to pick him up, but it was the perfect opportunity for a club like Brentford to pick him up. That also has a Danish connection yeah, through exactly. the owner, through I'm pretty sure one of the owners, or at least was, apologies if not, um, Sam, our Scandinavian correspondent, will be able to fill us in, <laughs> uh, but Thomas Frank is as well. And so having that connection just really paid off for Brentford um, in, in, in quite a big way that they were, they yeah. were at odds to to benefit the most and i and and again i think that feeds into the the approach of that club of calculated risk and and yeah, using yeah, maybe right, statistics yeah. and that kind of thing because what he gives you is kind of on a level to like you know the season when Leicester had Esteban Cambiasso for example like a really high quality player in that who is in such a key position that they can affect the front of the pitch the back of the pitch everything and so so I think it's fantastic and he's, I think he's only just or just about to turn 30 as well so they've got a couple of years out of him yeah definitely that's, that's huge especially when they stay up yeah um, but they did so well in this game and they 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 managed to really I think horizontally on the pitch stretch out Chelsea which mm-hmm. Chelsea don't usually let that happen they don't they don't leave gaps between the the defenders that get exploited and they were getting regularly exploited by Brentford 
on this. They were they were definitely they were finding the gaps and they were they were running the show for a lot of the, a lot of the game. And I think they they were good value for their win. That's why I didn't want to I didn't want to give Oscar the Burnley of the week. I can't I can't, I can't <laughs> give him that. That's it. I think Brentford totally de- deserved this. And Chelsea, of course, still in. Uh, limbo it seems over the over the ownership um, yeah I didn't want to spend this long on this game but most of it has been about Brentford so I'm fine with this what is I have not kept abreast of it and and Oscar mentioned like a say no to Ricketts which I know is like the yeah. real problem sports family but I mean if you you can enlighten myself and perhaps a listener or two well I haven't got much except that yeah it's it's just this the, the Chelsea supporters trust have, have delivered a vote of no confidence in this uh, Ricketts takeover bid, which seems to have a lot of money behind it, uh, some s- serious investment, you know, like so. So obviously, mm-hmm. this is all being run by this New York bank, who have been appointed to try and find a, a, a buyer. Obviously, the UK government has some input, but one of the things you've got to do is you've got to show that you've got serious funds, and that's something that this uh, Ricketts bid has. That, for instance, the John Terry one didn't. Uh, actually uh, has yeah, some money, but you know. Lots of pictures of cartoon monkeys. Exactly, yeah. and that's you know that's what uh, is value these days. Apparently, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. That um, was literally the proposal, and then he just went Captain Ludo Legend and walked out. Yeah, brilliant, great, fucking thanks, swat. mate. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of opposition to Ricketts because of uh, previous mm. tweets, comments. You know, the, all, all the, sorts of the stuff. The Chelsea Supporters good. Trust, and I think it's something like the Chelsea pitch owners or something like that, hold a lot of weight in in this because they've opposed, again, apologies, I'm not an expert, so I don't really know why I'm going so far into this, but they've opposed a lot of the changes that Abramovich has tried to make for years with regards to Stamford Bridge and right. I think knocking part of it down or changing the development or all sorts of other aspects of the club. And so for them to give a vote of no confidence, you would think in terms of, of the history, I think it would kind of, it should at least massively matter. Um, the problem is, of course, is that we're dealing, uh, the, the people dealing with it are, are an American bank and let's face it, money money talks potentially in this situation. Um, yeah. But hopefully, you know, we can get a bit of a win for decency or at least a more decent option rather than people that are massive racists or have earned their money through blood or are linked to war criminals, perhaps, or sorry, alleged war criminals. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm happy to not be alleged. Yeah, I don't hold out much hope for what you've just said. <laughs> no, nope. you know. Nope. Speaking do? of not holding out much hope, and Burnley <laughs> of the week. Um, yeah, do the do the jingle. I spoiled it. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> oh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. Brighton nil, Norwich nil. Yes. Brighton generating <laughs> two point. <laughs> Eight XG, the second highest XG of any team um, that week, with Norwich generating 0.3, but Norwich nearly scoring with that one shot, and it was so fucking close, and it was pooky, and I was all ready to celebrate with Mikey Wellman. And Yes, oh, yes, one I of our Patreons has uh, been... Uh, extolling the virtues of Pookie throughout the season and um, mm-hmm. to much derision to start with but when you actually look at uh, his points and his, certainly his points per million you think fuck I should have owned Pookie literally all season <laughs> in FPL <laughs> but uh, yeah no, no you shouldn't no, I mean you know it's cheap there's no good forwards in FPL this season so why not um, 
Yeah, so uh, this is fun, isn't it? Brighton uh, continuing down this path of smashing the XG, but then getting absolutely nothing to show for it. Uh, More pay doing the rugby conversion for his penalty, which is always good to see. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> thought you'd enjoy that, yeah. But the, He's so fucking shit. The really prick. fun thing that I saw from uh, Brighton this, this week is that um, Graham Potter says his... His players are getting very upset and very put off by uh, the crowd shouting "shoot" at the players when they get the ball, um, right. and he's he's tried to say to the fans, "Don't do that. Don't, it puts them off. Don't do that. They get upset what? with that." Yeah, no, don't shout "shoot." I mean, that, to be fair, if you've ever been to the Amex, like they have plastic clappers, they don't they're not expecting fucking noise <laughs> from plastic fans as well. You know what I mean? They just travel down from Chelsea because they can't get a ticket at Stamford Bridge. Um, <laughs> you know, oh, don't shoot, don't shout, shoot. But the thing is, they, they, they don't need any encouragement because I think uh, I saw one uh, stat that was, was it 31 shots in this game? Four on target. Four. Four out of that. So Four. that's good. Um, one of them wasn't the penalty. Um, yeah, <laughs> honestly, just very poor at the minute. I mean, I, I seem to be relating everything back to FPL um, this week, but Arsenal got Brighton... Uh, this week, and I'm thinking of bringing in Saka and captaining him because yeah, I think do it. Brighton just look absolutely appalling. And yeah, there's not much more to say about this game. Obviously, Norwich are already down, and Brighton are just completely dull in the mid table of the bottom mini league. <laughs> <laughs> is going yeah, on, and they're only slipping. Yeah, they're, they're only slipping. I mean, I've got a couple of fun facts that whilst you've been talking, I've, oh, I've done a little look. Uh, Brighton, for example, have won seven games in the league this season. That's, that's okay for a team in that position. Four of those came in the first five game weeks. Ooh, okay. So in in the resulting 25 games, they've won three. And um, I know they, they drew with Palace on my birthday, and that's a shame. But since my birthday in the league, draw, 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 win. That's good. Against Watford. <laughs> loss, 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 draw. With Norwich. Mm. So I'll leave that one there. Um, if we're going to talk about games with no goals, let's go to a game of loads of goals. Jeff Pedder, Jeffy P, <laughs> the Tottenham roller coaster rides again. You're going around for another journey. Take a sick bag with you afterwards because who knows what's going to fucking happen. Tottenham Hotspur, five. As many uh, as five. Eddie Howe's got to write that apology letter so he better brush up on his Italian. Uh, Newcastle United won. I mean, nearly nearly flipped the script on this one after after Fabian Scher got a free kick, but um, Tottenham managed to uh, sort themselves out and generate 3.2 XG, mm. um, which was only 0.4 more than Brighton, uh, but they scored five goals. For instance... For instance, just just off the top of my head, just pulling pulling yeah. a reference point here. Um, but a bloody, uh, I mean, Newcastle kind of returned to what Newcastle should be, um, <laughs> and this this Spurs team that is, you know, I joke about it being a roller coaster, but like when it's going well, yeah. it is fun. When it clicks, it looks great, doesn't it? I mean, uh, Kane was five goals. Kane doesn't get on the score sheet and yet still manages to look fucking great. And it's yep. it's really clicking for him in this in the latter part of this in, season. In, in that role he played, he was unplayable 
on and that day like the, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't do anything and they kind of highlighted it with his his pass map and his distribution yeah on match of the day and um, which is worth a look if anyone does see it because we've we've said before about you know when Kane drops back and just staying there too much but he was playing that quarterback oh, role it's to, deliberate and considered now isn't it it really is and it's functional and and the changes from it are quick it's not staying in the area to dwell and 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 just base base yourself around that it's it's then advancing and and having those sprints and having those runs and being a lot more mobile and being harry kane mm. um and I, i'd i i think uh Hume's son has been amazing I'd argue, in terms of impact, like quick impact, maybe you can correct me here, but I don't think there's been a better transfer this season than Kulazewski. I can't argue with that at all. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure there are some that have been great. Uh, obviously, you know, you look at Luis Diaz and he's been really good for Liverpool. That feels like a plug and play. Um, you, you know, Brentford have signed uh, quite a few players. Palace have signed, you know, have built a really good squad. But I, I think it's kind of taken a lot more time to get there. But he, Kulazewski came in in January. Yeah. And he's absolutely flying. Yep. It's mad. So what is that? Two goals and six assists in... Eight nine games, and the 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 big thing for me as well because you're absolutely right. He's he's gone straight in as some other players have gone, Ericsson, Diaz, like you say. But this guy's 21, and that's fucking scary. Like you know, because he's very very good. Yeah, and as I said before, you know, he was one of the people that were bought by Juventus when Juventus then got you know Ronaldo on a free, which isn't a free, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they struggled in that environment because Juventus. I'm not a huge expert on this, of course, but they had a similar kind of environment as like Manchester United have now, where they were just throwing out money, or PSG, for example, where they're just throwing money at it, doing whatever, and creating this horrible environment where players can't flourish. And they shipped um, Kulazewski and Bentancur, who had been um, underperforming for years in that environment, and you put them in Spurs, and you put in Conte, who is a phenomenal manager, and they just instantly... They, they look up to speed in the league. They look up to speed in that team. And it, 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 he's doing really good things, I think, there. And it's just, can they keep that consistency? But it but it's, you know, they're, they're doing what they need to to keep the top four race alive. That we thought was done and dusted a little while ago. We were, we were relatively convinced that Arsenal, you know, we were saying, well, Man City are 75% for the league and, and Arsenal mm-hmm. are 70, 75% for the top four. So it's, it's pretty much done. And both, both things have gone back to being a race now. Um, and like you say, these, these, these two players that have come in, uh, because you're right to bring up, um, um, Ben to, oh, pronounce it for me, ben- Chuck. Ben Tanker. Thank you. They're Conte players, aren't they? Mm. Like they just seem like they're absolutely uh, full of full of energy and 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 pressing when they need to, like intelligence. And I just think, yeah, I think that that, that Spurs could could really build something with Conte. It depends, obviously, how long he wants to stay there because he's a law unto himself. I think he'll do, do whatever yeah, he wants. Yeah, I think, I think he, he managed to use his weight and and the way he is in the lead up to January to get some results um yeah. it's you know we said it previously with the way Mourinho is and you know it wasn't a good appointment but you know do you double down on that and, and keep going and Daniel Levy didn't really um and I don't think they can really stop in in the summer 
um, especially no. as 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 you know, we go into a World Cup year. Um, probably need to bring up that squad a little bit. Where they do? Oh, oh, we haven't mentioned this. Five subs. Five subs will be a thing that happened this week. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah. So I suppose with that change, what you think squads around this uh, going for Champions League football sort of situation? They need to be yeah. deeper now. I think it's I think it's interesting because you you get that in the European competitions where you get that rotation and then having it in the Premier League I think it means that teams can offer more minutes and keep more of certain players happy. I think that there are a lot a lot of people's concerns about it are fair enough but we've reached a point where I mean you you have the vote offered enough and eventually the vote gets in and then it's not going to get undone, right? Yeah. It's this is the fourth vote that that had to happen. However, there was a majority now. So I think teams are kind of realising that relative to the level where they are, the differences that get made aren't as huge. Um, And if anything, probably the teams that are going to get disadvantaged the most are the promoted teams because they're now going to have to sign even more players, I guess, to try and fill those spots to to manage it. But, you know, it it would have been nice if there were certain corollaries on some of the subs, like, you know, at least one had to be uh, from produced from your academy and be under 21, for yeah, example. Yeah, that'd be or, interesting, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Or, or, I don't know, or you have to have used a certain number of substitutions by a certain point or something like that as well. I don't, I don't know, to stop teams just from going, ah, yeah, we'll just do three subs at the 88th minute and yeah. two subs in the 90th. Or, because, I think, yeah, they still have to be done in three windows, don't they? Or, or, yeah. You know what I mean? They still have to be done in three tranches. You can't just bring on one player five times like, to the re- try the re- and yeah, kill time. The, yeah, of course. But the reason I say that is because if you're saying the reason is because you're trying to manage injuries and those kind of things, I think they, they should probably have looked at kind of the science part of that and seen, right, from what minute do we see quite a sharp rise in soft tissue injuries? Yeah. And perhaps that will be like, it feels about like the 75th minute or so. Yeah. So like you need to make at least two, three of your subs, of the five subs maybe before the 75th minute to show that you are trying to, to use it in that positive way. Mm. I don't know. And I, I, I know, of course, there are pitfalls and, and positives across all of them, but... Mm. Uh, but I guess just keeping it simple. But yeah, so this, um, so yeah, that is something that will, that will need to be thought about. I think you're right. Tottenham probably do have some squad strengthening to do, just because mm-hmm. the teams around them are going to do that. There's no way Man United aren't going to improve, try and improve uh, over summer. Uh, mm-hmm. You would have thought Arsenal. I mean, they've always been a bit funny about spending money, but I don't know. They might see their chance. I think that. that even potentially West Ham might spend some proper money if it, it but they in, didn't this you know, year, did they? Really? They didn't. No, but they might see that they they're getting themselves established and they won't want to fall away. It's uh yeah, it's a very good point. Uh, squad depth is going to be an interesting one with with that. Um, yeah. But but yeah, Tottenham have got a race back on, lovely, and that's because they put the pressure on. They put the pressure onto Arsenal, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Well, another team sort of... Um, put a bit of pressure on themselves, yeah. Put it over the edge, didn't they? So, uh, well, I guess if you want, if you really want to... I would like to, yeah. If you really want to talk about it. Um, we had Crystal Palace 3, Arsenal... Um, just checks notes. Just double check that. Zero. Oh, is it? Zip. <laughs> Nada. 
<laughs> no pasa nada, amigo. Uh, Crystal Palace generating 1.6 xG, uh, 0.75 coming from a penalty, 0.76 whatever it is, and uh, 0.8 for Arsenal. Um, I've got to say, very surprised, but also not surprised. I think I think the thing I'm most surprised about with this game is the way Arsenal performed, mm. um, especially after. I have been quite defensive of of Arsenal and and what they've built or, or what they were at least trying to build throughout the season, be it from the transfer window um, in the summer when we started to kind of in the last few weeks when they really have started to click. And I I, I think this was kind of nothing more than kind of a blip, really, and an, an unfortunate. And but the other side of that is I think that this Palace team have really grown into a mature um a mature unit that knows what the others do and what the others need to do you know we look at the start of the season and 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 people that are established starters in the team um as as much as we can see um you've got Gehi and Anderson as a center back pairing um Tyrick Mitchell although he's been at the club for ages was second fiddle to Patrick van Arnholt last season yeah so he's hardly played relatively. I think he had 50 appearances a couple of weeks ago. So 50% of his appearances have been this season, um, roughly. Conor Gallagher obviously coming in as a lone player. Um, Eze coming back is effectively like a new signing. But then you've got Odson Edward, um, Jean-Philippe Mateta, who's just a completely different player to from last season or under Roy Hodgson. And then you've got Michael Elise as well. And it... it Always oh, such a quick. Who you didn't even have for this match as well. We 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 should say because when I when I saw that I was like, oh, that's a shame. Like I I yeah. love watching him play. You I know? did think it was a shame, and I thought, why is Jordan Ayew playing? And then Jordan <laughs> Ayew bangs him from outside the box with his left foot. Like get <laughs> fucked. That's it. that that in and of itself is worth two goals. Palace won four nil. <laughs> Arsenal were now relegated with Chelsea and Newcastle. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I don't make the rules. <laughs> um, you literally just have, but yeah, fine. Um, don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. These are put up on me. So let's let's talk though with Palace because what I particularly thought was interesting about this match is and and it, it was talked about a lot, but it is true. A Monday night at um, Selhurst Park, the crowd are always fucking up for it. Like it, yeah. it you know, that must be um, it must it must affect the players in a positive way. But I thought what was interesting was the difference between say um how palace uh, played against man city and what i'm saying is i'm talking about intelligence of what's happening in the game and reacting uh-huh. to it uh-huh. so palace did uh, a fantastic job against man city uh they they dropped deep they they attacked when they needed to but they they did they game managed that game out um yeah. to to the result it was which was a draw wasn't it um yeah yeah nil nil so you know and it was it was a perfectly played game i thought from palace and here they were not like they weren't cowed by the fact that it was arsenal at all they went yeah. out fast palace got yeah. out quick and they realized they could get to them and so they didn't they didn't stop you know no. they 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 realized we can put this game to bed and they did relatively quickly. You went in at half time two nil up. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, and how many times, especially in the first half of the season, was my complaint about how we're managing the end of games? Yeah, um, how we were dealing with set pieces and stuff like that. 
and I, I think those are the situations where it comes so much about time and, and, and working together. And that's what I mean. You know, you look at the, the set piece goal is a little bit of luck. It kind of, uh, Joachim Anderson doesn't know that much about it. But then you look in what an advanced position he is and the yeah. ball he played into Ayu. Oh, yeah, it, beauty. It's exceptional. And the guy's a centre-back. And then he took a free kick, and it was a pretty decent free kick, all, con- all things considered. Um, and it's it's just having those units and, and the positivity that, that also spreads from Mark Gerhe, um Conor Gallagher and Tyrick Mitchell all getting England call-ups in the international break and all playing. Um, three players from Palace getting their debut in, in a season. Yeah. And basically their first seasons at the club with, with, with England. England. like that's huge those and players that, had their heads up didn't they do you know what I mean just yeah, the, the, the confidence of a call up you know and it's 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 the mixture of kind of attitudes and I've trying to been work trying to work this out with a couple of teams of like how they've approached kind of cup competitions and then how that can feed in into the league because when you when you have that and you and you drive towards that you can use that as the extra momentum and joy and that's why you know you look at West Ham and they stumbled a bit for a while because I think they kind of now they're in a situation where maybe they're only going to concentrate on the cup you know yeah and Chelsea exactly like Oscar said are kind of in that similar situation um and it, and it and it feels like you kind of you need to use each game as the impetus for the next one that it doesn't you know to try i guess put the different competitions or what's coming up or the fixture congestion out of your mind and so seeing a performance where you know palace in all competitions just kept four clean sheets in a row mm. and they've played man city wolves arsenal and everton like everton aside those are all really decent teams for for attacking well not wolves but <laughs> you know as in they're yeah. high performing teams this year yeah they're not they're not mugs at all. And we're giving convincing performances where we can sit there and go, genuinely, we deserve that. I think that there possibly were a few decisions that could have gone Arsenal's way. Um, I remember seeing a couple of things that you kind of marginal penalty calls, perhaps. Um, but, you know, I know we've been on the receiving end of that as well. And it, it was kind of in the situation then where if Arsenal did get it, you know, it's not like they deserved it from the balance of play or, or that kind of thing. No. And and Arteta was fairly open and honest in his assessment of that um, and, and kind of came out and apologised. I don't think, as far as I'm aware, he wrote two-page essay on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but he he was fair and honest and, and, and expects better. And I, and I think... Uh, they can genuinely, and they should expect better than that. And it's not what what they've um, what they have been achieving this season, Arsenal. Mm. And it's going to be really interesting. You know, I, I, I talk about the Palace team. You know, look at Arsenal like Ramsdale, Ben White, Tomiyasu, Tavares. I think came in this season with Lukonga. Um, who else? We you know we've got Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Erdegaard. Like that that front attack mm. that's playing off Lacazette is is a beautiful thing. It really is. And then they've got, you know, Granite Jacker and, and Thomas Partey, who, believe it or not, when they played together this season, I think their win percentage was like 75%. Oh, really? And, we, and without them was about 20-something. It was right. really low. That's interesting. Big difference that they make. Um, that's why I thought it was weird when Jacker moved to left back in this game. Yeah. <laughs> Bit weird. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's that's just kind of... I, I, I think it's really interesting um, for, for the rest of the season. Hopefully, if it does carry on with this top four and 
I mean, you never know if if Chelsea don't sort their shit out as much as the odds <laughs> say, and we've got you know that like it can happen. Yeah. We've seen stuff change quickly in this league. But I mean, for these two teams, we got Palace who have got eleven points out of the last fifteen in the league, mm. and a top of you sort of you know if you look at the uh, table, there's a sort of best of the rest. And that's where Palace are because there's a fair few yeah. points between you and Wolves, but you know you're 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 mm. ahead of everyone else. I mean that that when we were dropping points late on and stuff, you, you know it would have been easy to say Palace might have stuttered to a 14th, 15th finish, but you've absolutely come through and you've got some good fixtures coming up as well. So there there is a chance yeah, to sort mate. of uh, solidify that top half. Uh, top half finish and, really and good. as you say then you've got Arsenal who have, have, have now just slightly let Tottenham in uh, I know they've got a game in hand still so they're you know still in the in the driving seat maybe we've got the North London derby we've got the, we've got the um, friendly derby to come soon yeah so it's you know it's all got it's all got quite interesting um, who have we got left and Man United about? have lost for it which is just great <laughs> Because they're not going to win a trophy and they're not going to qualify they for the Champions not. League. Well, they and, might, and might I not just even think... qualify for any European competition. Yeah, yeah they, you know, everyone possible. needs to fucking get behind West Ham and fuck it, I'll <laughs> even cheer for Wolves if it's going to, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Could happen. I mean, Man United, I, we don't like to talk about them a lot and uh, we're not going to particularly uh, buck that trend here except to say that it's a bit of a weird one with Rangnick because he... I don't know what he is. <laughs> I don't think he knows what he is. No. I don't think Man United know what he is. I don't think. It's really what is the weird. Point? What is it? What is his point? It's really weird. He, he he can't wait to get to his cushy upstairs job. Is yeah. is the just a genuine thing of it? Consul- I mean, what's he fucking consulting? <laughs> I don't know. But Implemented trying to implement this weird tactical style that the players aren't ever going to buy into. But well, this, like, well, this is going to be the, gone in a year. The the uh, apparently. The dressing room is is in trouble. Uh, they they don't like him. He is starting to turn on them in in the post matches. We're getting the you know uh, the Lampard style comments. <laughs> yeah, you know, players aren't doing it for. If, if what does Rashford What's have to do to get a German? game? Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what does, that's bollocks. Uh, what does uh, Rashford have to do to get a game? I mean, move to Palace. Well. I know that the guy's not or you play know, well. Been, one of the two. Yeah, I know he's not been in brilliant form, but for fuck's sake, it's it, when you've got he must not be named out. Cavani's out. You would be you'd be like, come on, boss, like put me in. Mm. This is this is ridiculous, and he's not he's not getting a chance. He needs he needs to play to score goals to get form. We've seen Rashford in previous seasons when he's been on runs. You know, maybe he's one of these streaky players, and he needs a bit of confidence. But you you know you're not going to get it by playing. Uh, I think he played Bruno up top for this, and it's just it, Man United are just not anywhere near good enough at the minute. Um, no. And I say good enough for their fans because obviously their fans have an expectation of success, or at the very least, an expectation of some drive and some belief that they can beat a, a, an out of sorts Leicester team who are 
putting all their eggs in the UEFA Nations yeah. Conference, whatever oh, it's I, called. I, I mean, I'm loving the fact like that Palace play them um, next week, but they've got a Europa League game, Europa Conference League game in midweek, and then we play them. And then, yeah. uh, like, they, it's so it's a great time to, for their, to for us to play them. Definitely. And, um, you know, and they don't look great, and they've been struggling with injuries and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's only through the disallowed goal that well, exactly. Man United got fortunate. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's there are there are club in that I feel like have got trouble beyond the let's just change the manager this you know the, this season. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if if it goes much deeper than that. I don't know if we're looking at an Everton style chickens coming home to roost from backroom mismanagement. I, I, I mean, situation when, it, go, when it goes wrong, it can go wrong. It, like, yeah. You'll get situations like PSG where there's these players that are paid so much money that Pochettino can't do anything. He can't discipline these players. No. Because they're getting paid. There was something that came out a little while ago. 22 of the 25 top played players yeah. in Ligue 1 play for PSG. Yeah. And Pochettino is paid four times as much as the next lowest manager. So <laughs> if if Pochettino wants to drop Neymar... And fuck, we didn't mention this. Neymar played on his birthday this year. Yeah, he, he I didn't know. go away for his sister's birthday. Unbelievable. <laughs> but he's just stuck Stunning. in his contract. They've got all these players that are stuck in these contracts, going, "Well, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. If I play shit, we'll still win the league. Yeah, we won't do anything in the Champions League, but that's only going to piss off the owners, and we're just going to run down these sweet, sweet contracts." Yeah. Um, you've got players that were great a few years ago and great prospects that are now just now stuck in this mentality, and I, I really wonder. United. United that always used to be this club where, you know, for God knows how many years, there had always been at least one academy product in the starting eleven, and they deserve to be there on merit because they're great. Um, and, 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 and there were more than that, and they just achieved. And people talk about this. What, what is really stupid is the, the Man United way, or this is Manchester United and whatever. And I think that's because probably within... Manchester United at that time, it was such a a cult that was so holistic that it it wasn't about playing a certain way or doing whatever. It was just about con- Ferguson managing it and constantly adapting it and rotating it, and that's why they were so successful. Yeah. And that's probably why none of them can actually articulate what Manchester United are or what they sh- quote unquote should be. What they should be, it doesn't fucking matter. They should just be well run win stuff or at least be competing which they aren't and, and I can't believe I'm saying this but it sh- just should be for a club that size and I think that's a, a controversial or a, 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 an out there thing to say but we after this season you know the last time Manchester United won the league was 2012-2013 mm. they aren't they aren't getting back to winning anything in the next four or five years league wise it's not happening they, Man United, Man City are at way higher a standard. Liverpool, their drop off isn't going to happen because they're already regenerating with players like Jota, with Luis Diaz, with the defenders that are coming through, with Harvey Elliott's, with this kind of thing that are clicking. Chelsea, big question mark. Who knows? But Man United are stuck in this. So you then go five years without winning anything. You're then looking at fifteen years generation of of just nothingness from a team that in the 15 years previously probably won 50% of the premier leagues yeah if not more and it it's it's wild 
that's why I think that we can't not keep coming back to it, even though we don't want to, yeah. because growing up was hell, because <laughs> everyone in fucking South London was a Man United fan. Well, yeah, exactly. In the 90s, it was just... They they were the team that everyone who was a casual, certainly, you know, living where I live, where we didn't have any uh, Premier League teams around us because Leicester didn't, uh, hadn't pushed up there yet. Yeah. Um, you know, there were just a shitload of Man United fans because that's, that's what happens, you know, in the 80s, the same thing happened mm-hmm. with Liverpool and so on. And it's then accessibility as well. It's just like what, you, you know, yeah. the very few matches, Oscar's mentioned it before about the reason you go for teams transatlantically if you don't have the emotional connection um, through history or anything like that. Like you have to make kind of a calculated decision. Yeah. Do you support a team, what teams you support if they exist or not or what are you actually going to be fed with? Because it's, we're spoiled by this information age we live in now, as opposed to, you know, literally yeah. putting on teletext at the end of the day or reading in the paper the next day, <laughs> trying to see what the scores were around the country or yeah, exactly. that kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, Obviously, we don't have a news section anymore, but we should mention before we move on, because uh, uh, linked to Man United, um, Louis van Gaal, uh, our thoughts are with him because he's uh, said that he's... Yeah, very um, sad. Receiving uh, prostate cancer treatment, and uh, he was always incredibly entertaining in the Premier League. And uh, so, yeah, we should say our, our thoughts are with him. Louis definitely. van Gaal's <laughs> army! More personalities like that in the game would be welcome, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah current Netherlands manager for uh, however many times, so, you know... That we we send our thoughts and love out to all of him and hope he makes a very speedy recovery and we get to see him uh, kind of leading that team uh, the World Cup in in the winter as well. Absolutely, good shout, Ian. Thank you for for mentioning that. Um, there, were there any other games? Everton are still shit. Um, oh, there good you go. Lord. Shock. Michael Keane. Michael Keane. <laughs> we talk about Palace and the and the stability <laughs> and that kind of thing. Mm. You look at Everton and it kind of starts with that. You got. Jordan Pickford, Michael Keane, fucking God knows who else that's there in defence. And probably those midfielders look back and go, fuck, because all these teams play out from the back and, like, you need to have confidence and competence. And <laughs> and, yeah. and Frank Lampard can say, I'm confident with 10 games left, we'll do well. Like, I'm not, Frank. I'm really not. You're only there because Burnley are below you. Well, what, yeah. what a situation to be in after your club has spent half a billion pounds on players. He seemed seemingly had no idea what he was uh, getting into. Um, that, but that's his fault. That's his fucking fault. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Because um, anyone with Google can see what he was getting into. <laughs> yeah, because you're absolutely right. I think when you look at the back four uh, they put out, that's that's a, It feels like a championship back four. And it will be a championship. It, it will be, and it'll probably be a mid-table. Because <laughs> they'll go down and no one's fucking buying them. Uh, Michael Keane, as you say, just been a, a net negative Awful. to Everton this season. They're getting, they're getting desperate. That's the problem. That desperation, I think, is starting to set in with a lot of these I players. Agree. Yeah. And Lampard's main job now is to stop that because they would just kept making bad decisions over and over again, biting when they didn't need to. Yeah. Uh, they, they kind of, they just need to, Bore, bore teams to death. They they need to get in that trenches mentality of get your flat back lines in. I know this is so Brexity boring shit, but like they need something because everything they're trying they're they're trying to do so much 
almost like on an assumption that it would work and right now like you don't you don't need that you don't need imposing a new tactical style or whatever you just need you just need no, fucking I points i couldn't agree more you have, you just have to fucking keep it tight now and try and nick a goal and we are looking at everton after burnley which obviously we don't know the result of the burnley match yeah uh, but they've got man and even you if you record it and delete it yeah <laughs> Which is what you should do. That's what um, you should do. Everton have got Man United, Leicester, Liverpool and Chelsea as their next four. Then Leicester again. Then That's Leicester fun. again, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that, you know, Everton might be uh, helped by the fact that, as you say, Leicester might have eyes on other competitions. But still, that is not an easy run of uh, four or five games. And if they don't, if they haven't, let's talk in the past tense, if they haven't beat Burnley... Uh, I think they're going to be in a whole world of trouble. Um, and I don't, yeah, like you say, that there's only one way out of this and that that is to try and scrape one nils and maybe scrape points. But they're not going to scrape a point off Liverpool. I've, I can't Mm-mm. imagine a world where Liverpool don't win that game 3-0 fairly comfortably. Oh, it, 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 in, in theory, it becomes who wins out of Man City and Liverpool and then they both win every game until the end of time. Yeah. And so, you know, if if Burnley or if, if Burnley have had or are beating um, <laughs> Everton at time of recording, yeah. there is one point between those teams. With they but and they would both have nine games to go. And you've you've cited Everton's uh, fixtures: Man United, Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, Watford, Brentford, Palace, Arsenal. All of those teams will be gunning for whatever they can for various reasons, be it the financial gain for teams like Brentford. Brentford, who I think in kind of a Leeds way will not back down or will not stop, I don't think. No, not necessarily as gung ho. They'll want to have the best of season as they can, absolutely. Absolutely. You've got teams that are competing for uh, the league, teams that are competing for top four. That is a horrific run of games. And then, you know, if we, I mean, I've saying this before looking at Burnley's, Burnley have Everton, then Norwich, West Ham, Southampton, Wolves, Watford, Villa twice, Newcastle and Tottenham. Yeah. There are much more games in there where Burnley can turgid it up, turgid it up and get points. <laughs> whereas Everton, yeah. Everton have to go at quite a few of their teams. Yeah. And that I don't see any joy coming from when they go at people. So this game, no matter how Frank Lampard wants to dress it up, and Burnley did not really try against Man City. They did not need to expel that much energy. Everton were trying and desperate, I think, against West Ham. The desperation fucking sets in here after this game um, because that that will be huge if Burnley have had or are winning that game, (laughs) depending on when you listen or when we release this. Well covered. Thank you. Um, speaking of then, fixtures for next week. Let's go into that. We start off the game week Friday, Friday the 8th of April. Whoop, whoop, whoop. 6.30, whatever we're in now, British summertime. That'll do. Um, deadline for your FPL teams, Mark, Daffin. Um, Face up, Mark. Come on. Then Saturday morning, uh, we start off... Oh, sorry, did I say it was Newcastle Wolves? I forget, fuck it. No one cares about that game. (laughs) Um, Then we have Everton, Man United on the Saturday. Arsenal, Brighton, Southampton, Chelsea and Watford Leeds make up your three o'clocks. Following the day is uh, Aston Villa versus Spurs. 
then Brentford, West Ham, Leicester, Palace, Norwich and Burnley at two o'clock on Sunday. And then um, some, I'm not familiar with these teams, Manchester uh, <laughs> Kitty uh, versus Liverpool. Um, Never heard of them. So there's kind of one fixture there that stands out a bit more than the others, isn't it? <laughs> Just a smidge, yeah. Yeah. Just a smidge. Norwich Burnley is going to be really Big fucking time. shit. Big <laughs> time. Huge game. The dog shit derby. <laughs> and it's live, live, live. Genuinely, that's on TV. Is it? Brentford, West Ham, <laughs> Leicester Palace, Norwich Burnley. Norwich Burnley on telly. Good no Lord. one needs that. What? Record that. Delete that. Terrible choice. Yeah. Yeah, as well. Um, it, it's City Liverpool, isn't it? Um, yeah. And we didn't really, we didn't want to talk about them much in the fixture rundown because it was just kind of the age old professional job that was done by both. Yeah. Um, we also wanted to give a bit of time to see because they are both playing in the Champions League as we speak. Um, Liverpool are currently 2 1 up against Benfica as we record Ian, and uh, Man City Atletico is 0 0. As it, okay. as it, you probably would be because the, uh, oh, Man City have had 75% possession as well. So yes, uh, the Oof. European Deich is in effect. <laughs> um, but look, they, they both did exactly what they needed to do and, and there's not. Yes, yeah. Man but... City Burnley is a, uh, an absolute nothing of a game. I mm. think the the to, like from an analysis point of view, I think the only difference is I think Liverpool uh, in their game against Watford maybe looked a little bit leggier. They looked a little bit more tired. Perhaps. Oh, okay, do you think only a touch? I think there were. It, I mean, XG just... wise, you had two point one to zero point six in the Liverpool Watford game in favour of Liverpool. Yeah, and in the Man City game, um, Burnley had zero. 0.1 and uh, Man City had 1.9 <laughs> so yeah they weren't, they weren't fucking trying they're just yeah. sitting there the whole time just literally they just had books out studying Everton I think that's, that's fair enough I think that's fair enough I don't, I don't blame them for that at all they're not going to be targeting Man City as a way to get points they are going to be targeting Everton that is absolutely fine to just go just take it easy lads just maybe keep it keep, keep it down below sort of 5-0 chill the fuck out I'm just going to get on with my knitting it's that picture that does the rounds every so often of this uh, guy on like a FIFA chat and he's like bro you're obviously going to beat me can you just play around <laughs> can you just pass to yourself while I go make a sandwich quick <laughs> and um, it's like that yeah Sean, Sean Dice was, was like that um, but you mentioned the Liverpool Watford game obviously there was a uh, an, uh, an interesting penalty um, yeah and that reminds me actually there's another penalty we'll speak about in a bit where and we see this a lot we've seen this a lot and uh, Jurai Kushka literally tackles Diogo Jota to the floor. Yep. And um, Roy Hodgson said, because it was given by VAR, rightly, I thought, yep. um, when a player doesn't look at the ball completely and wraps his arms, both his arms around a player and brings him to the ground. Um, he said that the player didn't even appeal for it. And um, decisions like that are not what VAR was brought <sighs> in for. It's literally what it was brought in for. Roy. You, how can you see a decision that should be given that wasn't given that, and and say, you fucking geriatric fuck. <laughs> Just... <laughs> what? what a terrible argument to what choose. What a terrible argument. The player didn't appeal... For, it's, the, the, it's on a par with similar, you know, 
OAP manager, Neil Warnock, when he said, well, he's not endangered the life of the player, is he? <laughs> exactly. And, like, yeah. It's or whatever it was. When, oh, I didn't deserve a red card. <laughs> if, you, if you want player. to argue anything, you can argue consistency. You know, you could say those things are often not given, but well, it is was- a foul. Um, it is a foul. I was trying to think because it feels because because obviously the discussion is that this happens a lot of corners, right? And so I'm starting to wonder if whether a lot of the times it doesn't get given is because there's another foul in the box the other way at the same time, right? Right. So if that's happening with both teams and the ball comes in, neither of them kind of are playing for the ball and off the ball, you've got team red foul, team yellow, and also team yellow foul, team red. How do you? How can you give that? Because it's kind of they're both fouls, right? So yeah. they kind of have to cancel each other out, even though technically they shouldn't, which is just quite a fun quirk. But this, like, I watched it so many times. There's zero. Everyone else is playing so fairly and going for the ball, <laughs> doing whatever, and then you've just got Kushka tackling him to the floor. And I think Jota probably didn't appeal because that fucking happens at every corner there is. Yeah, there is always someone with two arms wrapped around, and surely it's just got to be. Once both teams are going, that's it. Because otherwise, every corner should basically be a goal, a free kick, or a penalty. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think I thought I genuinely I got a bit angry when I was watching Roy afterwards. I thought he embarrassed himself. It, it was it was ridiculous. Like you say, the sentence this isn't what VAR was brought in for. It literally is to get these decisions right. He's he's a a desiccated coconut of a man. It was very odd. It's just... It's, it's got to be sad for you to see from one of your classmates, you know, <laughs> to see this. Hey, just the, the it was in the sheer... year above me, come on. Okay, my apologies. <laughs> but it's poor. It's so it's, it's poor, so, It's embarrassing Someone who's someone. meant to be an elder statesman, yeah. someone who's looked up to, someone who's been a real champion for change in the, the, the length of time he's been managing. He started managing before Eddie Howe and Frank Lampard were born, right? Yeah. And they're Premier League managers with him at the minute. To say that's not what VAR was brought in for... It's, it's really embarrassing. It, it, for once, we had the definition of clear and obvious error... For once, an indisputable, clear and <laughs> obvious error. And it, apparently, according to Roy, it isn't yet given. And the weird thing is, he I don't think he has to do anything here. Like, Watford have just lost 2-0 to Liverpool. And it's like, fair enough. It, it wasn't a shellacking. It wasn't 6-0 and you've got to come out and sort of be embarrassed. It, it, you just lost 2-0 to Liverpool. That's, that's Even fair still, enough. it's inconsequential. It's like Burnley playing City. Yeah. Watford, Watford should just be like, look, this isn't our fight, right? This isn't This isn't our race. Exactly, yeah. We've got next week, Leeds, Brentford, you know, we'll have a look at those. Yeah, Leeds, Brentford, they've got City, switch off for that one. Exactly. Burnley, Palace, Everton, Leicester, Chelsea. You know, they've they've got their fights Games that they you need can to target. pick. Yeah. Jesus. And then the other penalty, which was the, the Aston Villa one against Wolves. Yeah. Which I just don't get. I didn't. I, I didn't get all. it. I, I, in, in you know, defence to anyone I guess that is saying that I'm mad. I've watched it like twice. Um, but as far as I can see, the goalkeeper's completely going to play the ball. Doesn't dive into Ollie Watkins, and Ollie Watkins just kind of kicks through him, through the ball into him, and then. But the ball is completely gone. And the yeah. weird thing we've had this season is that there's meant to have been this thing brought in with penalties where. Like, contact itself in the box, or contact itself anywhere, isn't necessarily a foul. And I don't get how, unless they believe he impeded him from taking the shot, but as far as I can see, like, 
Jose Sarr had every right to go for that ball. Yeah, I found it very odd. I, I thought, if anything, it felt like a foul the other way. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think that was a, a, a penalty at all. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it had, luckily, it had no... Uh, uh, no, well, I don't know, because Villa came close then at the end. They they came close after that. They really came out firing. Um, and I think it was getting a bit squeaky bum time for Wolves after that. Um, someone missed an absolute sitter. Um, and it's, it's, it, it was really nice to get the reminder by seeing it come up as um, own goal, Ashley Young, to, to remind me that, yes, he is still a professional footballer. <laughs> Mike, um, Mike Dean's 100th red card. <laughs> Ashley Mike Dean's 100th red card. Oh, Mike Dean. <laughs> I miss, miss him. I've still got more to say that we missed off on the episode last week. <laughs> that episode's done very well. <laughs> We've had upwards of four compliments about that that episode, and and the Premier League they're, they're just completely uh, they're teasing us. Uh, may, I don't know, maybe it's a warm up for him. The only the only game we get Mike Dean on this week is 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 in the VAR booth uh, against what is Watford Leeds. Oh. That's sad, isn't it? When this isn't got. A- Title decider. We've got Man City <laughs> Liverpool when you give Anthony Taylor. Fuck off. Oh really? Mike Dean. <laughs> Anthony Taylor. And, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I know. Not not that necessarily we'd read any referee and feel inspired. Um, um, because they're referees. And this is how the pod will tail off and Ian should have already played the music. Um, but anyway, you know. you know, that rounds up the fixtures. Don't mind Andre Mariner? Shut up, you prick. <laughs> Colossal game this week. Say goodbye, Ian Stimson. Bye, Chuck. Bye, everyone. It's bye from me. And thank you, as ever, to our producers, Johnny Worthington, Nate Whitham, Mark Daffin, Sam Danby, Jeff Pedder, and Andy Pempreys from Sutton, who lost in the Papa John's final. Sad face. Sad face.